Hammy, welcome into Dodger Poke Report, where tonight we have another very special guest, as you see on your right, and Mr. Mark Washington. Mark is a young prospect in the Dodgers organization that has done nothing but just get better and better and better each year he's been in the organization. And first of all, I wanted to say, Mark, before we start anything, when I look some of the stuff up on you, I got to say I'm totally jealous. You're a pitcher in the Dodgers organization, and you're great at golf. Now, what kind of a life must that be, huh? <laughs> no, I, I mean, I'm blessed, man. Um, just got to love the fact that I was drafted by the Dodgers in 2017 and just just love everything about it. Man, you have a really cool story as I kind of dove into some of this, and we're going to talk about it and unwind most of it tonight as much as, it, as much of it as we can get to. But let's back you up to your high school days, Episcopal Academy, Glenn Mills, Pennsylvania. I know you had yeah, Coach Leary was a very well. Coach Leary was at the next level, but you had plenty of people in in your life, and uh, your pre Dodgers days, I should say, that were very influential to you. So, talk about your high school days. And like I said, I, I noticed that you you won the John A. Harder Award, which was expected. Really good, Carpenter Cup, Tri State All Star Team, expected. Golf? You played golf in high school. Awesome, man. Yeah. Um, so the way our seasons kind of were set up. Um, Golf in, in my high school was in the fall. So I was able to kind of play that along with, you know, my freshman year, I played basketball. Um, so I went, I played golf, basketball, and then baseball. So I was like, it was pretty fun. I only I only played basketball for the one year because just I, I really wasn't as good as I would like. Um, just wasn't as athletic when I was younger. Um, but golf was just like perfect to, to, to play after school. I just go out and play on a, a really nice course. Um, but like I was, I was, I was only okay uh, at golf. <laughs> but like, um, but it was just really fun to to go play golf. Uh, I actually, I think I, uh, what's the word? I scored in my last uh, varsity match or my only varsity match. Like it was just a fun thing to do with with some friends. So I really enjoyed that. Um, but then on the baseball side of things, um, I just really kept them improving like every year, and especially in high school. I know I was a buck 75 um, and just didn't really throw hard. Uh, so I really put myself in the weight room and, and started to, to get familiar with lifting weights uh, like my junior year in, in high school. And then I put on 25 pounds and, and ever since then I kind of have, have started to, to grow into my body and, and, and come to the, or become the pitcher that I am now. And I know guys like you that are as super motivated as you are the senior season in high school can somewhat be stressful because you're trying to figure out where to go. You're an extremely smart guy. Mechanical engineering is what you majored in at Lehigh, which is an elite university to begin with. So take us from that transition and the decision to go to Lehigh, which is in-state. I know you're the Pennsylvania area. You like that kind of hometown feel as far as that went. So take us from the transition from high school to your days at, at Lehigh. Yeah. So coming out of high school, um, I, didn't I wasn't committed anywhere per se um but I did kind of have like a, a spot at Lehigh so I was taking like a preferred walk-on um if you will um so that transition was uh was pretty was like was interesting uh, I mean like academically Lehigh is a is a very vigorous school like rigorous school um and mechanical engineering is not an easy major um so it was really tough to to balance baseball being a, a student athlete um and uh, it was so it was tough to balance like um, time management with with school and, and baseball. Um, but I ended up doing 
pretty well. Um, that was a, that was also a tough time in my life. I know before that, uh, I think you mentioned this before, but um, my junior year in high school, my mom had passed. Uh, so kind of dealing with that, all, trying to get into college and, and different things was uh, uh, an interesting time in my life. Um, but I've since kind of moved past that and, and glory to God, it just, you got me through everything and kind of got me to, to where I am now. So, um, that time going into college, like I also still didn't throw that hard, but, um, got with coach Leary and, uh, our strength staff at, uh, at Lehigh. Um, and we kind of just molded me into like, I started feeling at my body more and, and kind of getting used to, to throwing and using my, my big frame and, and getting down the mound. Um, and then kind of from there, I know my sophomore year um, was when it really clicked. I personally, my freshman year, I didn't think I really had a chance to get drafted or anything. Um, but after that sophomore year, I kind of put myself on the map. Um, I went to the uh, NECBL uh, in summer ball. I think that was 2016. Um, and that was like my first chance at uh, playing guys outside of the the Patriot League and, and playing some guys from like the ACC and STC and whatnot. And I ended up making the, uh, the all-star team on that, uh, in that league. Um, and that kind of put me on the map. And I think after that season was when I started getting questionnaires from different teams. And, and I kind of just took off after that. Talking about that sophomore year, 1.80 ERA, you're being modest. That is the fourth <laughs> lowest ERA in the history of Lehigh for a single season. So I think you put it as it started to click. It was a little bit better than that. I'll go ahead and embarrass you and say that, but that was a fantastic year that yeah. set you up for a great junior year. Your junior year, it started off great. Then you have the UCL spring, is that correct? Yeah, so, um, I mean, big year, junior year, like I put a lot of pressure on myself to, to do really well and was throwing through some injuries and it didn't end up going too well. Um, I ended up straining my UCL, so I was out for a couple weeks. And then they put me on a bunch of anti-inflammatories, and I was just trying to do everything to get back to, to, to play for my senior class. Um, and ended up coming back, but our run in the playoffs ended up coming up a little short. Um, so I did so you could have pitched in the playoffs? Um, I actually did. Um, I came back and threw against Army. Uh, I think that was like the – that was either to get in the playoffs or – um, like a quarter quarterfinal or something like that. I can't quite remember. Um, but yeah, I did end up coming back from that um, two week period of being off and, and kind of tried to help my team out. We're going to tie into that, that time structure that you mentioned at Lehigh trying to juggle being an athlete and then an elite university like Lehigh is and the time management of that. I think that has really, has really paid dividends for you as you became a professional, the Dodgers. We'll get to that here in a minute, but as you leave Lehigh, did you expect to get drafted that year? Of course, you still had the senior year to come back if you wanted to. Did you did you expect to get drafted? How'd that go for you? Um, yeah, so junior year, um, I actually found – so after that All-Star game in um, uh, New England, I actually be, or be, or found an advisor. Um, he kind of sought me out and um, like pre-agent type thing. Yes, advisor. correct. Yeah. Um, so he actually uh, helped me out with that. Um, and through that time, like junior year, I like was getting a bunch of questionnaires from different teams. Um, and I, I kind of had a, a, an idea that I was going to get drafted. Um, I know my area scout, Rich Delusha, he put me, in, uh, 
I think it was like a pre-draft workout at LaSalle my junior year, like right before the draft. Um, and I threw really well in that. Um, and then that's kind of when I thought like I really had a chance at get dra or getting drafted by the Dodgers. So like, I kind of had like a, an idea, like going into draft day, uh, my dad and I, we, we like, we pretty much knew I was going to get drafted, but just was kind of waiting for that call or, uh, or waiting to see my name pop up on the, the draft ticker. I got to ask you, of course, you're in the, in the Philadelphia area, in the Glen Mills area. That's where you grew up a long ways mm -hmm. away from Los Angeles. So knowing that you're going to yeah. get drafted by the Dodgers, what in the world do you wear whenever you announce everybody that you just got drafted in the 25th round? <laughs> yeah, no, it was definitely interesting because, you know, Philly fans are pretty diehard. Um, and, you know, LA is uh, in the National League. And I think just before that, I, uh, the Phillies actually just beat the Dodgers in the, was that the two, 2008, uh, uh, 2008 season, like when they won the World Series. So yeah. I know Dodger fans probably didn't really like the, the Phillies too much um, at that time. But yeah, no, it was, it was interesting. But uh, all my teammates were, were really happy for me um i know we had like a little uh, get together like almost like a little celebration uh gathering after i got drafted with a couple of my teammates that were still on campus so it was a, it was a great time my dad was there and coaches were there it was it was really fun that those are the greatest moments in life and moments that you will never forget yeah. and you get drafted by the dodgers and i'm sure you got the talk that every other dodger get and that is uh, every other dodger gets that gets drafted and that is we want you to become a great person first a great baseball player second yeah. in that exact order it's a tremendous culture that they've built in the Dodgers system I don't think people realize with all the talent the Dodgers acquire they grow and all that it is really a culture of great human beings first that absolutely fits the way that you grew up so you had to be super excited about that fit didn't you yeah no I I, I really enjoyed it because um getting drafted usually like going into that you hear that it's a it's really like almost selfish is the, is the, not the word that I'm looking for, but um, you're kind of like just all, it's all about yourself. Um, it's, there's no team aspect. Um, but with the Dodgers, like right when we got drafted, they, we had a, a talk from Gabe Kapler, who was our player development guy at the time. Um, and he kind of told us that like, we got to be teammates first. We got to be good teammates first. We got to be good people. I know we, we stress a lot that there's a couple of wards like every year we give out um, or every year, every player and coach uh, votes on, uh, like I think it's called the Jackie Robinson award where it's mm -hmm. just, or like the teammate, uh, teammate award. And we all vote on who we think is like the best teammate. And that's like a, a big part in the Dodgers organization is like being a good person, being a good teammate first um, and then playing second. Yeah, that's, 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 you know, and, and another thing that they do, like, especially with you is, as you kind of look at the way that you went with this, they take a group of guys that, that they draft and then they move you up very slowly, one step at a time. And they let you develop that culture because you play together at each step. Exactly. And it's almost like you become brothers, isn't it? Yeah, I would, I would agree. Like I know, especially in our bullpen in Tulsa, there's a couple of guys from uh, our draft class and then other guys that I, we've, I've just played with between the seasons and instructs. And we're all rooting for each other um, in that bullpen. Like, we're just we would just want to see everybody have success like if someone gets traded that's that's good for them in their career it's tough to see them leave um but yeah no everybody's rooting for everybody so you get drafted by the dodgers you start your dodger career 2017 you have the strained ucl the the senior season at lehigh you get over that you actually pitch in a game for them get drafted 
You end up playing for the uh, Arizona League Dodgers for the remainder of 2017. You start 2018, I believe, with the Arizona League Dodgers again, get moved up to Great Lakes somewhere in 2018. You get moved. The point here is you get moved up incrementally and then 2020 Mm -hmm. hits. That had to be super frustrating for a guy like you that that had already spent a couple of years in college. You had the UCL sprain that you got over. You're just starting to climb the ranks, and then just everything comes to a halt. Yeah, that was that was definitely a tough time because I felt great in uh, the 2020 spring training. I was on a roll, um, but like going through that whole COVID situation, it was just hard to find a place to work out. Um, I didn't, for family reasons, I didn't want to go back home. Um, and possibly carry like the the virus to my family. So I stayed in Arizona. Um, Dodgers were were great enough to to kind of house me in a, in a hotel. I was like the only American there for a while. Um, and it was just oh, wow. me and uh, the international guys. Yeah. Um, and for the longest time, we couldn't go into the field. So certain guys that like live there, I was trying to find rides and we would go find like a random gym that would let certain people come in at certain times we were working out in the backyard of our, our some coaches um, houses, just trying to get our work in any, any, like at, at any time. Um, I remember um, a couple of the coaches got us in contact with um, another guy who had like a, a bullpen in their backyard. Um, I think his name's coach Zinger. Um, he let us throw our bullpens in his backyard. It would be me, um, Joja or just Gray, uh, Tony Gonslin and Julio. Like we'd all be throwing back there, Brett DeGus. Um, here in Lovegrove, we would all be throwing back there just in like a, a tiny, tiny backyard. So we were just trying to get our work in, in any way we could. Um, and then finally, I was allowed to go to the facility, but couldn't go um, inside anywhere um, just because of the, the COVID rules. And because I was American, um, like I, I couldn't go in the inside of the facility because they expected me to go back home. But I just didn't want to um, like make their take that risk. Um, so that was, a, that was definitely a tough time. Um, finally, I went home uh, late in 2020. Uh, and then I actually went down to, to Florida to begin my off-season training for the 2021 season. And that's, that's where I'm at uh, right now, currently. That's an amazing story. You know, you just assume as, as fans like we are that, you know, professional ranks, they have redundancy in, in facilities, meaning that, you know, at least there's somebody for a guy like you to go to but then whenever you actually hear a guy like you describe it it just really just kind of drives home the impact that COVID actually had on this entire society I mean it just threw everything into chaos yeah it was it was actually really kind of cool to to find out uh, because when we actually found another place too where we uh we were starting to throw live against hitters um and it was just a bunch of random like minor league guys that were in Arizona still and we, we started using DBAT in the hybrid uh, sports, sports sports performance center. Um, uh, name's Kevin Bay. We, we started uh, throwing there. He set up a bunch of games uh, like at random high school fields. And that was like our, our outlet of playing baseball in the season because we were still expected to, to get our innings in, but without like actually having places to, to play. So it was kind of fun to actually like get back out there and it was it was very like kind of casual scene, but it was still like you were getting your live abs uh, against some minor league guys. Um, I actually got to face uh, um, what's his name. <laughs> this is bad that I'm forgetting about him or forgetting his name. Uh, but Ramirez with the Indians, I forget his first name. Um, 
but it was I was honestly amazing to to get to face him um, in 2020 in, in quarantine. Um, so I got to face him in like a couple live ABs um, inside, um, and just like his approach and, and throwing to a, a Hall of Fame future Hall of Famer um, was just kind of wild. Yeah, that that's an awesome story, and and going from that to to where we are right now, which is the off season. And let's tie this thing back into Episcopal Academy, great academics. It, you know, when you're a student athlete, you have to really manage your time. Then you go to Lehigh. I mean, that's it's on steroids at that point as far as having to manage your time, you know. And then you become a Dodger and you got people wanting to pull you every which way. You're halfway across the country from your family and you're, you're trying to juggle everything. So I would have to think that your Episcopal days, your Lehigh days, did a great job of training you how to become a professional and how to use your time wisely. Would that be correct? Yeah, you would be spot on with that. Um, I put myself in, in really great positions to, to do things well. Like um, I put myself down in Florida uh, here to work out at Cressy sports performance. I've been doing that every off season and that's just kind of helped me propel or help propel me to, to where I am now. Um, and it, you gotta be disciplined too. Um, cause it's, it's not like a cheap thing. So what I do is when I come down here, I usually find a, a place to live with a couple other guys. Um, and I'll get a job. And I think three years ago I was, uh, I worked at Tommy Bahama and then now I've been working at Lulu, uh, Lululemon for the past three years. Um, so like, I'm always trying to, trying to keep myself doing things and, and, and using my brain and, and, and keeping my body active, um, so, like, I'm putting myself in, in the best position possible to be ready for the next season. Very intriguing to hear you talk about the type of jobs that you've had to take to pay for certain things that you wanted to do. And I know some major leaguers have really stepped up for the minor league cause here as of late, and especially over the, the 2020 season. I know David Price yeah. was real big in the Dodgers yeah, organization. Was, so, I'm sure that was big for you. Yeah, that was, that was really big just because, like, our paychecks just aren't much. Um, just like lower the minimum wage. And it's tough to, to kind of live off our signing bonus um, when certain guys don't get um, those high round uh, dollars. So, yeah, no, that was, that was awesome of David Price to, to even think about us and even give everybody um, the money that he did. Um, but, yeah, no, that, that helped out a lot, and I was greatly appreciative for that. You mentioned that you're in Florida, and for that I'm very jealous, obviously. That's number one. I'm sitting here <laughs> yeah. in in the middle of a pasture in Oklahoma, I kid a little bit there, but anyways, um, you, you're in, you're in Florida in the sun, in the warm, and you're training very hard. So for a guy like you, that is as disciplined as you are, that is this close to the major leagues and seeing your dreams become a reality. What is your off season routine? So my off season routine is just, it's literally all based off my, my workouts. Um, so I work out, I'll go to the gym six days a week. Um, it was Sunday being the off day. So Monday is like a lower body day. Tuesday is an upper body day. Wednesday is like a movement mobility day. Um, and then Thursday, it just repeats itself. So Thursday is the, would be the lower body. Friday. Now wait, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Pitchers don't need to be athletes, do they? <laughs> pitchers definitely need to be athletes. Um, pitchers are definitely athletes. Um, but yeah, so we, we definitely do a lot. And then we'll do like even cross training with like some running and some other like volleyball or basketball, whatever we can do just to keep our bodies active. Um, but yeah, no, it's a, it's definitely a, a pretty demanding um, 
demanding job. Like even if we, we're not getting paid for it in the offseason, we're, we're definitely putting in work. We're talking with Mark Washington, a prospect in the Dodgers organization, pitched last season, 2021. In Double A, Tulsa had a great season for them. I got to see him three different times. Before we get into your stuff, I wanted to ask you, you know, a guy like you that's, that's six foot seven and you have all this ability and you're so intelligent, so you understand things so well and you have all these analytics at your fingertips. I know I didn't ask you this before, so, uh, but anyways, with the analytics that you have at your fingertips, are those very beneficial for you? Yeah, um, that, they can also be like a, a black hole, honestly. Yeah, right. Um, hearing background, like baseball is literally a bunch of physics. Um, but um, Dodgers have set us up perfectly with it. They give us all the tools and opportunities that, that we can use to better ourselves. We just have to, to ask or like kind of learn how to use these certain things. Um, I know our pitching coaches in Tulsa, um, like certain days, if if we're if our certain pitch, like if our, my slider isn't feeling well or my changeup isn't feeling well, we'll we'll go to the bullpen before our games, and we have like uh, research and, devel and development guys, and our pitching coaches will work. We'll put the Rapsodo on our um, and throw bullpens with that. We'll throw with Edutronic, just do anything to to kind of to help better ourselves. And then with that, like after we go in the games, we have a bunch of data. Um, and certain like heat maps and and miss rates and there's literally you can look up anything um, you really want to uh, as far as that and it's literally it's all there at our fingertips um, like I, I couldn't ask for a, a better organization because they give all that to you um, I know some orgs they it's, it's just tough for for certain players from talking to, to friends it's, it's tough for them to, to kind of get that data but all of that it's at our fingertips and, and we can ask for it or it's it's there for us so, so you so you do have to ask for it then, right? They don't feed it to you. Um, it depends on what it is. Um, like certain things, like using Edgertronic or like a rap soda, we might have to ask, like, hey, can can I you can I get on the the track man today or something like that? Um, but no, we have we have our own database with uh, all the heat maps and like everything, so we can do our own scouting if we if we need to. Um, like certain, if we're playing a different team, we can look up uh, how they how they approach um, like me, how they would approach me or how I would attack them. Um, so we have all that at our fingertips. Um, but then going further in depth, they have obviously even more data analytics um, that we can get our hands on if we like need to. One more thing before we get to your stuff. Uh, Hennessy, your manager at, at, at Tulsa, very popular mm -hmm. guy, very impressed with him. Yeah. Can, you, can you talk about him just for a second? Oh, Coach Henny is he's he's the man, honestly. Um, not many managers gonna give you that opportunity to win in game. Um, usually when the manager comes out, you're getting yanked. Yeah. Um, not many managers give you that opportunity to to like ask you how you feel um and then keep you in the game. Um I know that happened a couple times. He came out and and I usually when I'm on the mound, I'm pretty intense. Um I gave him a couple of death stares. Um, but no, he, he kind of let me do my thing and I was really grateful for that. Like he's, he's a player's coach. I really enjoy him having him in the locker room and, and just talking to him in and out of the field. Let's get to the meat and potatoes. You can have all this other stuff we've talked about, but if you don't have the stuff, you're not going to last. Right. But obviously yeah. you have the stuff. I mean, you're talking the night, the day I saw you at Amarillo and you were anywhere from 95 to 97. 
And the thing about your fastball, of course, everything that you do revolves around your fastball. And, and what mm -hmm. impressed me the most, at least from what I've seen, is the different ways you use it. You command both sides of the plate. You change eye levels with it, up and down with it. And really the thing that makes it the most effective for me is the amount of what I call arm side run. You, you let go of it and it, and it, and it, and it slides away from left-handers and into right-handers. And it kind of gives it a, a look like it's rising. I know it's not physically, that can't happen, but talk about your fastball and, and the ways that you use it and how effective it is for you. Yeah, um, I pretty much throw everything off my fastball um, as a pitcher should. Um, so I know generally my, my this is going into the, the, the data and analytics. Um, generally my fastball is uh, like, I'll have a lot of vert, like vertical break. Yeah. So it does give that appearance that it does ride um, so I, I try to live in the top of the zone, um, especially late in the count. Um, but I always going to have that, always have that glove side, the, the low and away, the four spot is what we call it. I have that. That's always there for me, whether it be a lefty or a righty. Um, so I kind of just throw my pitches like off those lines and I try to tunnel my pitches as well as possible, but sometimes it might not be there. Sometimes it is, but literally everything is off the fastball. Like if I'll throw a high pit or a high fastball, I'll throw a change up or, or slider off that. If I throw a, a low and away fastball, I'll try to throw certain pitches off that and sequence certain things. Um, so yeah, um, I've definitely worked a lot with, with trying to get my pitch characteristics to where they are. Um, and it's still a work in progress because it's baseball is a big feel thing. Like some days you'll have your change up and some days you won't. Um, so it, it's always, it's always a, a work in progress with that. Interesting. You mentioned that some days you'll have your changeups and some days you won't. And it seems like with guys like you that have such devastating changeups that flutter almost like a knuckleball, it seems like it's almost from pitch to pitch and inning to inning. And is that changeup that you throw? I mean, I've seen it a couple of times to where the catcher had a hard time catching it because it fluttered so much. Is your changeup hard to control for you sometimes? Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a big field pitch. Some days yeah. I know exactly where it's going and some days I don't. Um, but those days where I know it, where it's going, if I have my off speed pitches, it's, it's going to be a tough day for the hitters. Um, but no, I, I think some days I, I mean, most of the time I, I know where it's going. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely like a, a thing that we have to work at every day. And that's why we, we throw it before, uh, in the games, we'll get off the mound and I'll throw it and, uh, I kind of have a, a feel for where it is that day. Mark Washington talking to us, Dodgers prospect in Double A Tulsa 2021. Certainly appreciate the time that he has granted us. Last question from here. We're going to finish it up with your what I call a two to seven shaped slider type pitch. And then you have a 12. I don't know if you call it a curveball, but it's kind of a 12 to six vertical movement type breaking ball. So four pitches and you're in the bullpen. I know you like being in the bullpen because you feel like you can max out on everything you do, you don't have to conserve. But having said that, we've seen the type of roles that the Dodgers have put in place for all different types of versatile pitchers like you. So talk about having four pitches and what kind of role you think that will play for you in the future as a Dodger. Mm -hmm. Well, actually, I only have three pitches. It okay. may look like I have, um, but some days I, I might get on the side of the slider or uh, kind of behind it. Um, so I, I'd throw a four seam, uh, a change up, and then a slider. Um, but I'm pretty much open to, to whatever role I would get put into. Um, I do love the bullpen. Um, I know this, this past year in, in double a, I was kind of, kind of put in some high leverage roles and late in games. And I, I love that. 
and I think I really thrived in in those situations. Um, but I'm I'm down for whatever, honestly, because when I first got drafted, I worked my way into the starting rotation uh, in the AZL, um, and I did did okay there. Um, but I've just they've always kind of put me in those long relief situations and scenarios. So I'm I'm kind of I feel like I have a background in in, in almost a feel or a foot a foot in anything really like. I doubt they'll put me in the starting rotation, but I mean, I I can do it. But sure. I'm just like a late end bullpen guy, um, so I'm gonna stick to to what I know best, and and it's just attacking hitters. Mark, I lied to you. I want to apologize. I took more time than I told you I was going to tonight. So <laughs> I want to greatly, greatly thank you and tell you that you have a big fan at Dodger Puck Report that day. And I wanted to finish this by saying the day I saw you in Amarillo. Those side poodle hitters had no shot to hit Mark Washington. It was impressive. Appreciate it, man. I appreciate it.